Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Do you know what is special about the hours between 3 a.m. and 5 a.m. on the night of March 12th? Uh, no, sir. That was the only two-hour period in which you did not send an email to Mr. Hirsch with the title, You Can't Make a Tomlet Without Breaking Some Bread. bread, bread, bread. bread. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, April 27th, 2023. I'm Jay Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, as Tass Mellis. Hey, hey, podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to Tassie, it's the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey-yo. Hey-yo. And last but not least, over yonder, it's the apprentice, Eshua Kid. How y'all doing? Hey, hey what's up? Strong Ash. Hawks strong. fan today, I see. Uh, yes. Let's go, Hogs. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. We love it. Like the vid, comment away. Subscribe to No Dunks. Go get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Especially this morning, if you're a Miami Heat fan or a New York Knicks fan, we got a new. Miami Vice. That's nice. No Dunks tea. That is sexy. You can go get that at nodunks.com. And then this Knicks inspired No Dunk shirt, which is actually one of my favorites from our sort of it's a classic. team logos that we've done. Uh, we've had that one for a while, but you can go get it. Uh, you can get those in t shirt form, hoodie form, and all that. All right, man. <laughs> What's up, man? Jump right I agree. Into it. I agree. Let's Four talk, man. games on last night and a Survivor episode, which, hey, if you're a Survivor fan, Come hang later today, 12.30 p.m. Eastern. We're going to start this one a little earlier than normal. Over at No Buffs, it's on YouTube feed, it's on podcast feed. Recapping episode nine of that one. But yeah, let's uh, let's begin with the Eastern Conference series. We'll get to the West series a little bit later because the Miami Heat have done it. In defeating the Bucks last night, they officially became the first play-in team to win a playoff series and the sixth number eight seed in NBA history to knock off a number one seed and once again Tass <laughs> Jimmy Butler and Co. did it in fashion coming back from a huge deficit in the fourth quarter. How many WTF moments were there in this fourth quarter? I'm so glad I stayed up for this one. Because literally, just head scratcher after head scratcher after head scratcher. I think we could do like a four podcast series <laughs> on the fourth quarter and overtime. But let me just take you through some of what happened because it's easy to forget. I had to rewatch the fourth quarter in overtime just to see what the F happened because the Bucks were up 16 at the end of the third. They were up 8 with 318 left. They were up 4 with 14 seconds left. They fouled out three Heat players when all was said and done, and <laughs> right. they still managed to lose just at the end of regulation. I'll just take you through some of the end of the regulation. I thought uh, a buck 20 left when Drew Holiday was beaten to the ball by Jimmy Butler was a big play. I don't know how Drew Holiday doesn't get that ball. Drew hasn't been 
we saw him on the on the sideline where he didn't grab that ball and that sure-handed Drew earlier in this series, and then you know has Jimmy and the Heat just sucked the life out of some of the Bucks? Yeah, I think they have. Uh, that play was big, but just going down to the end, the Bucks up six, or I'm sorry, up one with six seconds remaining. They're trying to inbound, and Kyle Lowry is foul called for a foul against Chris Middleton. Uh, it was a weird one. Where the hell are the NBA TV cameras for that one? It was a we, we didn't get a good camera angle. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, it's overturned because the Heat challenge jump ball. Six seconds remaining. Bucks win that jump ball. Yanis doesn't want that ball whatsoever because he was three of nine from the free throw line in the fourth quarter in overtime. He just chucks it away. Oh, uh, Chris Middleton somehow saves it. Goes to Drew Holiday. Again, the Bucks are up one. He's fouled. He only hits one free throw. One was missed pretty badly. And then the Jimmy Butler played down two to tie this thing to go into overtime. Again, a really weird play from Drew Holiday for me. He's covering Jimmy Butler underneath the hoop. They're standing under the hoop. The screen setter for Jimmy Butler is on the low block. He's just standing on the post. It's kind of like he held Jimmy Butler's arm and Butler went for a little twirl around him and then came back underneath, but he just did a circle around him. Pat Connaughton rightfully switched Jimmy Butler a push off on Pat Connaughton, a nice two-hander to the chest, but they're not going to call it. I'm totally fine with that. Again, where the hell is the better camera angle to see that push off NBA TV? Uh, but my question uh, after this incredible finish by Jimmy Butler, an incredible finish by Jimmy. Nice pass too from Gabe. Beautiful execution. Yeah. Where was Drew Holiday? What was Drew Holiday doing? He was just standing there watching. Jump. This is your season. Uh, this is at least the game. Uh, he didn't do anything, so that sends it to overtime. I'll stop talking there because there were so many what-the-fs. Oh, yeah, Mike Budenholzer with 0.5 seconds left after that doesn't call a timeout. They just inbound. Ah, what why? the? What? <laughs> so I, I Let him cook. I just made, yeah, that was – I just made a little crackle happen there. Yeah, um, because – I, there's so many puzzling Budenholzer moments. We'll get to that later, but let's just start there. Uh, great play by Jimmy, obviously. Great fourth quarter from Jimmy. 14 fourth quarter points, 6 of 10. But he did miss two within the last minute. A wide open shot, a wide open jumper, and then a three that he really liked. But credit to Spolstra and the Heat gave him a third opportunity. The only guy to take shots within that last minute was the guy. And he said to Spolstra, give me the ball and give me that play. And he obviously executed, falling, falling to his right and just tossing it up and in wild. And talking a whole bunch of shit to Drew Holiday throughout the night. Oh, baby. (laughs) Drew Holiday's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. And Drew Butler cooked him in this series in this game. Uh, Yeah, what'd you think of uh, a great little play-by-play breakdown there and just the the boneheaded plays here are the perplexing plays, I guess, from Milwaukee and what they did and didn't do. Basically, back-to-back games that the Bucks choked away a double-digit lead. I mean, to me, watching it back this morning again, the four-point lead with a handful of seconds. That's tough to lose when you've got players who can make free throws in Chris Middleton and, you know, you know theoretically Drew Holiday. It was the free throws, really, that did the Bucks in. 10 for 23 at the line for Giannis, like you're saying. He did not want the ball in the fourth quarter. Credit to Bam, I think, on that one. Was playing incredible defense, but uh, this was not (laughs) Giannis deep in his bag uh, in this game. Very ineffective in the fourth quarter. Meanwhile, you expect Jimmy to come through in the clutch, and he completely did. There's a lot of concerns with what Mike Budenholzer did this game. The no timeout with uh, 0.5 seconds left. That's a big one. The no timeout on the last possession of the game where they're just freelancing out there. Middleton definitely had a shot at the elbow. Could have easily taken that one. But how about putting Brooke Lopez on the court when there's going for a layup at the rim? 
Someday a coach will put their tall guy by the rim. For the for the Jimmy for the Jimmy alley oop, yeah. Yeah. I, there was two I seconds left. There's a lot a more happening, so it's not guaranteed to be a lob. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't. But when you sub out the tallest guy, your rim defender, and put your other tallest guy 30 feet from the hoop, then it is guaranteed to be a lob because you'll take Jimmy Butler out jumping anybody else on the Bucks. He's tougher than Pat Connaughton. He can out jump Drew Holiday. And that's what Drew was doing. He was getting his milkshake drink by, <laughs> by Jimmy all night long. Cuts, drives to the hoop, everything. Uh Anything that Drew Holiday threw at him, it did not matter. Mm-hmm. And that guy's going to be a first-team All-Defense player this yeah. year. And he, yeah, and he is he is elite uh, defender, but Jimmy is one of the rare guards that's actually stronger than him, too, and can just put his ass in the basket uh, and just overpower him that way. He was amazing, and this is serious. Jimmy Butler averaged 37.6 per points per game, including the 56-point effort there in Game 4, and then 42 here. And despite all of this, despite a bad, rough overtime, the Bucks did have a final possession that you guys were talking to about there for a chance to to tie this thing and it uh ends the saddest way imaginable probably for a number one seed a championship contender a team with Giannis and all these amazing defenders in Brooke and Drew it ends with Grayson Allen failing to even get a shot off as time expired should have took the floater holy moly it was there uh, yeah, he had a shot. Or the Over three. Dribbled. Or yeah. the three. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot uh, it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was odd who was on the floor there. I mean, they went and got Joe Ingles. He would have made a better play. Uh, he, they went and got Jay Crowder. He would have shot that thing. Uh, so, so, yeah. Did it he was even a, play last night? Uh, a microcosm. Uh, <laughs> 18 seconds, Jay yeah. Crowder. That uh, didn't uh, pan out to be anything, the Jay Crowder. Your boy train. Wesley no. Matthews took a shot there. Wesley Matthews had, had a good look. He was big. Yeah. yeah, he had a monstrous three at, with, with 318 left. Uh, with, to put him up eight points, and that's when things looked decent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that last non-shot, they didn't get a shot off at the end of overtime. Yeah, the the microcosm of their late-game execution in games four and games five, most definitely. This team with Yanis and Chris Middleton, who was just underutilized down the stretch, there's no doubt, scored 16 points in the fourth quarter. And Chris Middleton had had himself a fantastic night. It looked so good at the beginning. 17 points in the first quarter. He had 28 points through three quarters. And he did take a few shots at the end. But really, so much on Coach Bud. What works with this offense? The Chris and Yanni's pick and roll. And that just wasn't happening in the fourth quarter. We've said it so many, so many times. Bud used the coach's challenge. Three minutes into this game, <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. That's when he used it <laughs> and failed on it. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was crazy. I think I think he should have re-challenged the challenge that the Heat won with with Kyle Lowry's. It wouldn't have been it probably isn't allowed, but anyway, he didn't call that time at the end of regulation. Didn't call it in OT. Didn't call one in OT. Just kept those two for uh, future reference <laughs> for, for, ga- for the next game in Miami. Save uh, for the summer. Uh, Nobody told them. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I mean if it goes full circle, we've, we've discussed this uh, the Nick Nurse uh, where he's going situation. If you remember in, in 2018, 19, when when Nurse won the title, Bud turned down the Raptors' job. He went to the Bucks instead. If it goes full circle and Nick Nurse replaces. Uh, Coach Budenholzer, wow, circle circle of life. Go get the guitar. Uh, (laughs) uh, Oh, man. It was wild to see this Bucks team look lost in the fourth quarter. Uh, Again, really. They finished 5 of 25 from the floor in the fourth quarter in overtime. You got to hit some shots. And then, yeah, add on top of that, Giannis just going back to being garbage at the free throw line. And even outside of the paint in this series is it back related that his jumper failed him or left him and the free throws it maybe maybe not but it went back to the older Giannis where uh oh 
he was actively looking to not have that ball, like you said, on that jump ball. That was a get it out of my hands. I'm more than likely going to miss if they wrap me up here. Yeah. And somehow they kept it. And somehow it worked in their favor to get somebody else to the line. Though Drew obviously splits them. Yeah. So somebody said that Giannis was, uh, didn't want a, an intentional grounding call and he was just a quarterback just trying to throw it out of bounds. That's what it was. So he, <laughs> he just tried to get rid of it as fast as possible. What a save by Chris Middleton. I, yeah. Incredible <laughs> save. Uh, I thought Bam had his best game of the series uh, in this game. Now, he only shot 8 of 20, but he was a positive player out there, and he had 20 points, 10 boards, 10 assists, so he had triple-double. My favorite stretch from him, though, Bucks were up 6 with less than 3 minutes to go, and he defended the hell out of Giannis in the post. They didn't really send help for him. He stood his ground. He didn't jump on any pump face because Giannis was trying to work one way, coming back over the other shoulder. He got the stop. Then he got the rebound. And because it's Bam, he can bring it up. Jimmy came and set a nice you know, pick for him and then rolled. Bam was a beautiful pass for a big guy. Bounce pass into Butler, who got the end one layup. That stretch to me was massive. And then, with about 115 left, Bam did hit the, a tough little fadeaway jumper. He got a kind little bounce, but he finally showed some touch. Uh, in that one. So I thought, you know, he picked a great time to have a, a pretty good game, 20-10-10, and 10, despite shooting 8-20. of 20. He did nothing in the first half, but yeah. he came through in the clutch. I thought his activity level went way up. It was just like this. I mean, games four and game five were kind of identical the way they went. Yeah. Giannis did not want to attack Bam, and I think that massive tip of the cap to him because the defense he brought kind of fed into his offense. He was looking to score uh, in the fourth quarter, finally, and then he was hitting the glass as well. Just in the right place at the right time, whereas Giannis on the flip side was seeing ghosts out there. It was weird to see uh, from Giannis, where he's, the only thing he was looking for was an alley-oop to Brook Lopez for like 12 minutes in two of these games, and the guy's uh, their best player. That's why their offense looked weird. Mm-hmm. They needed their best player to show up, but uh, <clears throat> so much found money, I thought, last night as well for the Heat. Gabe Hinsent, <laughs> 4 of 12 from 3. Kev Him Love, 5 of 11 from 3. Dunk Him Robinson, 1 of 2 from 3. Getting those kind of performances... Yeah. In the playoffs, they got it five games in this series, which you do not expect. The Heat handed it to the Bucks. This was this is why it's such a surprise because this was basically a blowout series. Yeah, yeah. all things considered. Yeah, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy just made. They this. needed a fourteen zero run to get out of the play-in tournament. Yeah, right. He did. Yeah, and they couldn't hit like really a shot all season long. Like, yeah. They were garbage on offense. Saved Suddenly, it. all these guys are yeah knocking them down. Uh, Jimmy made this team believe. <laughs> I mean, the, he he did he he just. It was contagious, I, I think, and it passed down to everybody yeah. on this team. And you see that sometimes. They, they literally just stole it from the Bucks. It was weird to see Giannis. He did have you know a drive and a score late in the fourth there. But we've seen it before with the Bucks. They just have to get him on the move a little bit more instead of this trying to back down Bam, who, who played really solid defensively late. Some rolling. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, mean, again, I think, the back injury, I, I, I'm maybe. going to assume coming into play but, a little bit here with his movement and stuff like that. He had a hot Middleton, 28 going into the fourth. Yeah. Him him and Giannis, at least as a decoy, uh, more of that. I know it's it's easy to play hindsight, and it's easy to play hindsight with even that coach's challenge at the beginning of the game with Bud. Uh, but it happened two games in a row, so I think it's fair to do a little hindsighting. Um, but yeah, yeah the, but coaches they, should stop doing this. Stop using it in the first half. There's Stop using thing. it in the first quarter. It's so silly. It's it was so also Giannis's first foul, yeah, right? That's like, exactly wasn't right. even his second foul. Yeah, yeah it's uh, you, you have to save it that's for these call, games yeah. in playoff games. I mean, <laughs> you have to because there's inevitably going to be a bang bang call, and you're like, you want a chance to go take a look at it. Also, buy your team a little rest at the time and all that. So, like, 
that's silly. They got it like a lot of these guys. It's not just him. We've seen it a couple times now. It's like, what are you guys doing? And I know it's like every possession matters and all that. And like, yeah, fouls coming. Was play, there but, anything they would have challenged? Uh, they could have in challenged. The I mean, they had losing the timeout didn't matter. They still yeah. got still spares. had time. Yeah, yeah. they had yeah. a timeout. <laughs> they had a timeout with 0.5 seconds left. To draw That's up wild. With with Brooke on your team, with Giannis on your team, you yeah. throw anything at the rim, and maybe a foul happens, or maybe you tip it in. You get lucky. Like that, that's insane. I think like, that's could've... just like the classic Bud face, where he's like, he's just like, mm. <laughs> yeah. Come on, are you, I, wake I, up, I saw, I saw somebody Google and say the first image that comes up when you Google Mike Budenholzer is is, uh, is one of those Bud derp face is a derp yeah. face, yeah. 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 And unfortunately, <laughs> I, I, he could have used it with uh, the Bucks down two forty seconds left in overtime, where. Jimmy Butler was on the other side of the floor. I heard Weiner and Brendan Haywood, who are calling the game on NBA TV, say, why isn't Butler going to get the ball? He's literally just standing on the other side yeah, of the floor. Right. And he was saying, give the ball to Struess. He was he was calling the play from the other side. He said, give it to Max Struess. Uh, because he basically, I think he wanted to take a break. He had done a lot. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, they were up two. So maybe this is time for a Struess shot. 40 seconds left and in, in overtime. And it was a somewhat of a tough call I thought on, on Giannis Struess was so far behind the three point line that he had to jump so far forward that Giannis's contest was kind of far away but because Struess jumped into him they called it a three shot foul and that was humongous yeah. and it probably wouldn't have been overturned right? no he hit two of oh, three. Two, three that's right uh, but um, yeah Jimmy couldn't do it all and he, they got performances uh, Struess had a big block four minutes left in the fourth quarter on Wesley he had a strip of Giannis early in overtime, and then those two big free throws uh, that Jimmy knew he would get, I guess, because he was calling the play from the other side of the floor. That came in huge. Jimmy Butler only scored two points in overtime. Uh, that That's kind of shocking when you look back. Bam was the leading scorer with four points. He was playing point guard down the stretch. <laughs> really, it was just going through him, and he fouled out. Still couldn't, still couldn't beat them. His team that was... Fairly thin. I mean, they played Haywood Highsmith in this game. They, they don't have Tyler Hero. I mean, he was an instrumental part to yeah. their, you know, lackluster season. But obviously a score. Obviously the guys played in big playoff series before. They don't we, have him. We usually say that the buyout guys don't do a lot, but they ended up doing a lot. Kevin Love had a big game one and a big game five in this series. Cody Zeller, I thought. Almost had the dagger. Cody Zeller come and rescue me. <laughs> uh, that was all Jimmy as a decoy, but Cody Zeller got a dunk. So those two guys, something paid off, and and yeah, they got they got performances. Of, yeah, Gabe Gabe Himson was something, man. He um, was big. After the game, Giannis was asked if this season was a failure after being eliminated. He had a lot to say to that question, and we've got a small part of it here. Let's roll the clip. Michael Jordan played 15 years. Won six championship. The other nine years was a failure. That's what you're telling me. No, I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? Okay, exactly. So why you ask me that question? It's a wrong question. There's no failure in sports. You know, there's good days, bad days. Some days, some days you are able to uh, be successful. Some days you're not. Some days it's your turn. Some days it's not your turn. And that's what sports is about. You don't always win. Some other other people's gonna win. And this year somebody else is gonna win. Similar as that, we're going to come back next year, try to be better, try to build good habits, try to um, play better, not have a 10-day stretch with uh, playing bad basketball, you know, and hopefully we can win a championship. So 50 years from 1971 to 2021 that we didn't win a championship, 
it was 50 years of failures. No, it was not. It was steps to it, you know, and we were able to win one. Hopefully we can win another one. So, again, that was just a small part of Giannis's very long answer there to uh, Eric Nim at The Athletic asking about, yeah, is this season a failure? He has asked this before to Giannis. Last and, year. Uh, yeah, last year, and, and this is uh, his response. Now, some people are saying, uh, heated Giannis. <laughs> like, that's the title you see in some places. Do you think that was really heated? Yeah. Maybe for Yanni? Yeah, for, for Yanni Setagumpo, I think that was totally heated. The, <laughs> okay. the, the Greek mannerisms were on a thousand percent. I loved every second of it. Yanni's finding his voice from you know, quiet kid to, to being that. Saying to Eric Name of The Athletic, you asked me that last year, and I think there was a little little bottled up emotion because at the end of it, he said, you know, I, I didn't I didn't have the words or I didn't have the capacity or I didn't answer it well essentially yeah, last year yeah. so he wanted to answer it well this year and he did i think it was a fair question of course yeah it's, it's a failure it's, yeah they had the best record in the league and they got beat by an eighth seed who was almost a tenth seed yeah and it's all it's all your definition of failure i can see why yanni's you know big picture sitting back saying it's not um but in the end they lost. That's <laughs> simple as that. Right. I think if you ask Michael Jordan if he considered those nine years that he didn't win a championship a failure, probably yeah. Yeah, now for sure. Especially you once win. you win the first one. Because like Giannis is saying, these are steps, but they're taking steps backwards. They lost in the second round last year. They lost in the first round right, this right. year. They're going the wrong way. I don't see how this can't be considered a failure. The guy just went 10 for 23 at the free throw line in a game they lost by two in overtime. Mm-hmm. He's mad. Yeah. So he's kind of deflecting is what it reads yeah, like to me. I, I think... Uh, it's you can have a healthy relationship with winning and losing, which I think he does in big perspective, and he has a, he is a champion, and he's had these losing years. But this, at the same time, you're right. I mean, there could have been a maybe a little bit more like I sort of goofed here. Uh, this one's on me, and he's done that before too. So I don't want to mm-hmm. say like he always avoids that um, because yeah, he had a brutal game, dumb fouls, brutal at the free throw line, couldn't hit a jumper again, uh, and they and they choked. I mean, what happened in the last two games? Uh, and they lost to an eighth seed that we thought was like, oh my god, this is this the worst team in the playoffs? But you ask a competitive player right when he walks off yeah. the floor, did you fail? Michael Jordan would literally jumped on the table and yelled at that reporter too. I I, I think. Well, uh, we've seen so, LeBron do the like, uh, yeah, I lost, but uh, you know what are you going to be doing Monday morning, you you bum? Like you got to go to your stupid job. I'm yeah. LeBron James. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's a different way. Also to look true. At it. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and it, it's all. I, I think uh, I love this, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's an interesting response. It's sort of refreshing in a weird way. But yeah, it's a failure of a season. I, you're the you're a championship contender, as you should be. So so now what? I mean, the organization has failed you or whatever, the coaching. You failed your organization? Yeah. Yeah. I, again, I think if there is a, de- a definition of failure that he's thinking about in one way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Trey brings up a good point about going backwards, going from championship to second-round loss to first-round loss. You, it's, it's, I think it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a malleable word. You want to call failure whatever you want to call it. But he also, I think, was thinking about last year when Eric Name asked him that question. And he's yeah. defending everybody, and we'll see if somebody gets fired. I, I think it, it's fair to ask uh, everybody up and down this uh, this organization. It, it, and when a number one seed loses like that with a guy who's still in his prime in the first round, it's a fair question. Right, right. And so do you think Budenholzer will get the axe here? Will sort of be the fall man for losing in the first round? 
You think that's right? I think it's a fair question to ask. I don't think he gets fired. I think he's on the hottest seat, though. I mean, it's... The guy won a championship two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's been the coach for the best era of the Bucks that we've ever seen. I'm, I mean, coaches who win championships get fired nowadays. Frank Vogel did. Nick Nurse did. Yeah. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. But despite the fact that Bud botched things, I don't think you should fire him over losing this series. It is a failure, but... Too quickly to move on from coaches, I would say. Like, I don't think... I think it's actually kind of weird that Nick Nurse got fired four years after winning a championship. You don't see that happen a lot with coaches. Generally, if you win a championship, you get to be the coach there for a long time before your team turns on you. It doesn't feel to me like the Bucks have necessarily turned on Bud, uh, which I suppose is a good thing. But the questions that were there before they won the championship in 2021, they're raring back. Yeah, exactly. Right, they're right. so similar, and that's why it's different than Nurse to me. The, the the offense just was porous. It was bad. We know that Giannis has to move. He can't just sit there. And maybe his back wasn't great on the turnarounds in the in the in the post. And maybe his touch wasn't there and and the free throws because of that. But still, the the timeouts that weren't called. It's, it's not forgivable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're a coach. Oh, that's that's literally what you have to do. And you can't fire a guy over one timeout, but there's two straight well, games. Well, he doesn't make adjustments is Bud's whole thing. That's a, it's part and of it's it. Worked, they didn't it get worked, the ball it won Jimmy's a title, and, yeah. and, and then it's obviously blown up in their face a couple yeah. of times. That, that's the part. And I'm with you, Trey. It is interesting to be even like throwing out the idea of firing a guy that won the title two years ago, but it's also this is the NBA t- today. Things move fast. You have Giannis, one of the greatest players of all time in his prime, and it's like, we got to maximize. So if it's... If we don't, and maybe it comes down to how Giannis feels about him in the end, really. Um, about does he want coach to coach Bud to still be there? But that's why it's like, all right, well maybe someone else can to, can do it again. But we'll see, we'll see. Um, I don't take the maybe. box as an organization that makes like rash decisions or anything like that. So it's hard to see an upgrade at coach. Like Nurse is probably a lateral move. Maybe they could update their shooting coach because if Giannis makes a few more free throws, they're going to Game Six. Not even a question if yep. Bud is being fired. Uh, let's move over to the other series that ended in the Eastern Conference last night. Maybe just as big as a shock, at least ending in five. Knicks advanced to the East Semis, taking care of the Cavs in Cleveland, 106-95. For only the second time in 23 years, the Knicks are moving on in the NBA playoffs. Bing bong to that. Jalen Brunson, 23 points. Barrett, 21. And New York's depth just downed the Cavs in this game and throughout this series. And here they go, moving on to play the Miami Heat. We'll preview that series on tomorrow's Drop Podcast. But the game itself. Well, less of a surprise than uh, Knicks, uh, I'm sorry, than uh, the Bucks and the Heat, just because the Cavs didn't show up for this series. The Knicks sucked the life out of this Cavs team from the get-go. The Cavs had some ups and downs this season, especially in the second half. But that's why I expected some ups. (laughs) <laughs> in this series. Weren't many, were there? We didn't get any. Um, the, and the Cavs let all of their missed shots affect the way they're playing defense in, in this game, in, in the second half. A, a lot of shots just not going in, um, and the Cavs just weren't working enough defensively, allowing too many fast breaks. Obi Toppin windmilled on their ass in the second half. Uh, they were deflated, and they weren't bringing the level of fight, which they showed for much of the year. And you can see it, especially with their bigs, who got outplayed yesterday and, and all series long. Uh, Mitchell Robinson obviously smoked him. Um, Mitchell Robinson had, had an incredible game again. 
13 and 18, <laughs> 11 offensive boards. And that's a lot of that's effort. He's obviously big. And that was obviously a, an issue coming into the series. That's what they do. But Mobley and Allen uh, really, really, really got outplayed combined. They're 10 and 13 and uh, only three offensive boards. That's effort. And it's also gang rebounding because we knew um, Robinson was bigger. So I, I you know, I just say I just say effort with with this particular one um, because that's it just wasn't there uh, you could, in the first half. They're basically at the end of it were basically even shooting the ball, but the the team won that had more possessions. Um, the, the Knicks were there because they had more possessions because they were out efforting the the Cavs. That's the bigs just got outplayed. Yeah, that's exactly right. Mitchell Robinson was the best big in this series uh, by far, which is why I think. A definitely a disappointing end to a great season uh, for yeah. the Cavs because this was a Cavs-type series. They This is played to their liking. It was a defensive series, which the Cavs were the better defensive team in the regular season. The Knicks were an offense-first team. It doesn't seem like they would be, but that's how it went down. Yep. It was a slow series. That benefits the Cavs as well. And it was dominated inside. It, unfortunately for them, it was dominated by Mitchell Robinson to the point that the Cavs got booed at home in their last playoff game. That was crazy to see. Very little from Julius Randle. This series, that should be another check mark for the Cavs, but their stars didn't show up necessarily. Not a great game from Darius Garland in this one, though he was a little bit better, I thought, than Donovan Mitchell, who scored a bunch because he took a whole bunch of shots. But yeah, getting subpar performances from the guards and then the big men getting completely outplayed by Mitchell Robinson, it just kind of shows you the regular season ain't the playoffs because the Knicks look like a completely different team and the Cavs just look like they were playing their first playoff series. Yeah, and once again, the Knicks getting awesome bench contributions. Obi Toppin comes in there, 5 of 10, hit those two corner threes. Uh, Julius Randle left this game with an ankle injury. I mean, he ends the game watching the game like he's a fan there in the crowd. Uh, So we'll wait to see the severity of that. That was an ankle injury that he had at the end of the regular season. He had struggled all series long and then really, really hurt it in this one, which took him out. And then quickly, uh, you know, hitting three threes, 5 of 15 overall, but he gave them a good 30 minutes or so off the bench as well. And that's it. Like, there is, like, almost felt like nobody in this series, probably outside of Randall, if I'm being honest, that played poorly for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Everybody played their part. You know, obviously, Jalen Brunson is a stud, and he outplayed Donovan Mitchell for the second postseason, really, in a row here. And then Josh Hart and Mitchell Robinson, you guys already talked a ton about. R.J. Barrett, 100% convinced now, his best three-game stretch, at least of the season, in a Knicks uniform over these games three, four, and five. Um, yeah, it was pretty impressive. From uh, from this Knicks squad, who are now going to have home court advantage in the <laughs> second round series against the Heat, like we're going back to the '90s here. So can't wait for that. Jimmy in the Garden, the way this team is playing, um, just an uh, just an awesome performance that shocked a lot of people. Now we thought this would be a close series. I mean, everyone's like, "Oh, Cavs and seven, Knicks and seven. Everyone thought it was going to go seven, but no one thought they were just going to be outplayed like this. Yeah, that- really at every position. Yeah, when it ha- when it happens like this, one team is playing better and one team is just playing horrendous. <laughs> the Cavs just weren't playing anywhere close to their capabilities. And you know, hopefully for Julius Randle, he comes back. You could see when he sat down in in the crowd, he he shook Jalen Brunson's hand and he said, "I'm good." You could you could read that one. That was that wasn't too difficult to read the lips on that one. So hopefully he'll be back because he started this game better. He had a poor series most of it, but he did start pretty well in, in this game. And those shots actually were important but you could see when a team gets grows more and more confidence like rj barrett for instance he was bad in the first two games mm-hmm. um he, he shot 16 percent and 30 percent the first two games but 
because the Knicks were playing better and sucking the life out of the Cavs, he gets better. And Emmanuel quickly, he just came off an offer uh, in game four. He comes back with a, a really big one. Obi Toppin, I mean, they were dancing on the Cavs. Yeah. And uh, the Cavs the Cavs totally lost it. I think this is a big, big offseason for Evan Mobley to be more of a, a guy you can give the ball to, just to, to work on that. Because it seemed like that was coming along, and then it didn't happen in the postseason. The, the front court really was something they couldn't rely on at all. Both him and Allen averaged under 10 points per game in this series. And I guess we still include the the small forward position in the front court. I don't even know who plays small forward for the Cavs. They went, they went away from Isaac Okoro, who actually looked decent off the <laughs> yeah, bench in this one. Uh, yeah, he was scorching in this one. Um, but they, they kind of went away from him. So they fell apart. And, and people saying, well, if Kevin Love was there, like they released him, he would have helped. I don't think he would have helped. I, I, I think the way the Cavs stunk, I mean, it trickled down to everybody. The way Jimmy Butler picked up Kevin Love, Kevin Love found new life uh, with, with the Heat, and the Cavs just stunk. And so I, I don't even think anybody really would have helped. That <laughs> was uh, it, it's it's on Mitchell, it's on uh, the starters, and uh, they didn't they didn't show up. If you were to ask Donovan Mitchell or Garland, I don't know, maybe it happened and I missed it. Uh, hey, was this uh? Was this season a failure? What would they have said? <laughs> I think. How would they have addressed it last night? Obviously, different circumstances. The Bucks were championship contenders. I don't think anyone had the Cavs in that tier, but they did lose here pretty handedly. They sure did. Mitchell would say it's a disappointment. Garland would say still a good season. Yeah. Never made it to the playoffs before. But Donovan Mitchell, this is supposed to be his time to shine. Yeah. And back-to-back times getting outplayed by Jalen Brunson, first with the Mavs, now with the Knicks. So I think it would be a disappointment yeah. from him. And if you were going to continue to ask people, I think Evan Mobley would say, this is not what I came out here to do. He just looked like he was trying to find his way and did not look like he was ready to be playing in a series this big. Yeah, disappointment's a good way to answer that question. Uh, Because Coach Bud was asked the same question by Eric Name of The Athletic. Disappointment was the word he used. I wouldn't use that word failure is what he said. Uh, Yeah, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Uh, Because I feel like... Our man Mitchell got something, some variation of that question. Did he? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think he fessed up and he said, it's on me, it's on me type thing. Did anyone Um, ask him, uh, was it weird uh, to not be the best Mitchell in this series? mm -hmm. (laughs) You love a good Mitchell. I do. Mitchell Robinson. Yeah. I like Donovan Mitchell, too. No, I mean a good name. Mitchell name. Mitchell, it's a great name. Well, that's where my grandparents uh, sort of live. Mitchell, Ontario. I say sort of because it's actually Fullerton. That could An be a name, smaller man. farm Mitchell town Fullerton. outside Mitchell of Mitchell. Fullerton. Mitchell's like, uh, it's known for an old hockey player that I'm drawing a blank on. Like an <laughs> old famous hockey player. Isn't Mitchell Wiggins? Isn't that no, uh, no, no. Andrew Wiggins' dad's name? Or am I not? <laughs> it's definitely not named after him. But uh, <laughs> there is an old timey hockey player from Mitchell, Ontario. I could look it up, but nobody cares. An old Mitchell from Ontario. We can an get old this. Mitchell. No, not, uh, no, no. Anniversary of Kevin Mitchell's one-handed catch I recently. I just saw that. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Hold on. Let me look. Guys... Mitchell, no, I don't need to look it up. I want to know the guy. You're going to know Mitchell, this old hockey Mitchell, player. Mitchell, that number 19 uh, Lions quarterback. Scott. Scott. Yep. Nice. Yep, yep, oh, yep, yep. Uh, oh, no. Oh, here we go. Mitchell Miller? No, nah, he's from Sylvania, Ohio. No, guys, I'm not saying the person's name I, is yeah, Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Oh. Howie Morenz. This is Howie Morenz. <laughs> I thought it was a bigger name, to be honest. Howie Morenz. Gordy, how did you ask Howie us that Morenz. question, man? He won a bunch of cups, you know, with the 24 Canadians. 
1930 Canadians and the 1931 Canadians. Wow, I didn't realize he was that old. <laughs> Holy wow, shit, this I guy's was almost 100 years ago. This guy was so old that the Canadians, Montreal Canadians, defeated the Calgary Tigers. What? I didn't even know that was a team. <laughs> Tigers in Calgary. Twenty-four it was. <laughs> so, okay. Howie Morenz, born in Mitchell, Ontario. Quaint little town. The only thing I remember is they had a Becker's. What? You ever heard of Becker's? No, <laughs> no I guess that's no. Canadian thing. Yeah, it's just Boris. 7-Eleven, I guess. Okay, okay. Yeah. okay. It was a Becker's that I think you could rent. Uh, I'm pretty sure I rented video games from yeah. when the grandparents were taking yeah, it Yeah, definitely uh, adult magazines. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, grandpa was taking <laughs> me into Becker's and bring them back. Plastic sleeves. <laughs> All right. Uh, like I said, we will uh, preview and predict the Heat Knicks series, which starts on Sunday. Is that right? Game one in Madison Square Garden? That's what Jimmy said. Oh, my God. Oh, that's right. Not Saturday. <laughs> Do Jim, your job. Jimmy corrected a reporter who <gasps> yeah. basically said, yeah, well, you're going to be geared up for Saturday? Isn't it Sunday? <laughs> oh, yeah, Sunday. <laughs> Do your job. <laughs> um, anyway, we will uh, preview and predict that on tomorrow's podcast along with the Suns and Nuggets series. So lots to do on the drop. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk about the two Western Conference series from last night. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Back here in the Classic Factory, we're going to get to the Western Conference series from last night, but uh, Howie Morenz, the pride of Mitchell, Ontario, Tass. Back to Howie. Three-time cup winner with the Habs, three-time All-Star, three-time Hart Trophy winner, and he's in the Hall of Fame. That's why you remember Howie Morenz. I think there's a sign in Mitchell that says, you know, the birthplace of Howie Morenz. Home of Howie. Home of Howie and a Beckers. <laughs> we got it all <laughs> in Mitchell, Ontario. I see... Uh, that young Howie was one of the first nine inductees to the Hockey Hall of Fame. <laughs> That's how old this People guy forget is. Howie Morenz was a bucket. <laughs> People literally forget <laughs> Howie Morenz. They just, just I think so. forget him. Uh, all right, let's go to the uh, pivotal game five in Sacramento. Steph Curry leads the Warriors past the Kings, 123-116 for that 3-2 series lead. Yes, the Warriors won a road game for an NBA record 28th straight playoff series. So we all thought it was going to happen in games one or two in Sacramento. It didn't. They're down 2-0. They win game three and four at home, one of them without Draymond, and then they go into Sacramento there. And, uh, you know, looking like the team of old, I would say, the Warriors here a little bit in this one. Uh, Kings fought hard. It was still a game. But this is going to be tougher for them to overcome here now having to win in uh, in the Bay and then a potentially game seven at home. But what do you think? Curry leading the Warriors. I think you're bang on with the way they 
look like them old self, their old selves, and especially how they got so many contributions from a lot of guys down the stretch. They had four guys score 20 or more points in this game, and four minutes left, you, you saw the old guys doing it again. Yep. Uh, Draymond was feeling so good coming off the bench in both to start both halves, uh, which is impressive stuff. Feeling it good at the end. Four minutes left. Kind of an off-balance Draymond jumper. What? Oh, uh, Dirk-like, they said. Yeah. They were calling him Draymond Nowitzki yeah. after the game. Yeah. His teammates. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, his teammates. Uh, I guess. Uh, and then another Draymond play going to the corner, back to the ball, and just throwing his arms out like he is playing defense, but coming up with a, a big steal because yeah. it hit his hand. And then... The hustle to go get it in the corner before everybody else. That's Draymond. Then Clay hitting a ridiculous <laughs> leaner from the corner. Long two. Long two. Herder, but that was wild. Uh, yeah, foot on the line there. And yeah, Steph making two more shots. Wiggins um, hitting that, that shot. That's Warriors ball. Everybody yeah. doing it in the end. 2-2. Two, two. We're in Sacramento. It was a one-point game at that four-minute mark. And the team that's been there, done it before. Yeah. Came through, really. Yeah. And it was all those Warriors championship players that you sort of just went through. I yeah. would I would I would like add to that. Yeah, Steph had that super high layoff layup off the glass. And then he had the the play at the end, the end one where he iced the game by oh just dribbling goodness. around everybody. <laughs> Looking like Howie Morenz out there on the ice. <laughs> Dangling. Oh my god, that was hilarious. I think they said nine seconds of dribbling, right? <laughs> like going he faked out Harrison Barnes somehow twice, eventually got the <laughs> and one on him. It was like Curry was just trying to shoot the highest possible layups he could the <laughs> yeah, entire night. Yeah. And it was seemingly working for him. Thirty one for Curry, twenty five for Clay, twenty one for Draymond. 20 for Wiggins and 22 boards for Moses Maluni. That's like <laughs> That's right. institutional knowledge. Yep. We've won a bunch of championships. Here's what you got to do to win a game on the road. The stars got to show up. All of the stars did. They got solid performances as well from the role guys. Dante DiVincenzo made a few plays. Gary Payton the second was pretty active. The Kings just kept hitting back, hitting back. And the Warriors always had a response for him, and that's how you win a game on the road, even if you're a bad road team, which the Warriors knew the plan. We got to get one eventually yeah. at some point yeah. in Sacramento, and they did it last yeah. night. I mean, Draymond Green with 21 points. I don't want to like mm-hmm. gloss over that. That's a lot for that guy. 8 to 10 shooting, the Dirk-like fadeaway there in, in a one-point game when he hit it. But he just came out looking aggressive and looking to score when he subbed in there. Took four shots and scored six points in the first quarter. And he sometimes does this. Every once in a while, you get aggressive-looking Draymond on the offensive end. You always know he's going to bring it on the defensive end. But he did that. They sort of needed them all in the end. And mm-hmm. uh, it was – I wonder – I assume Steve Kerr just sticks with this Draymond not starting, coming in, give him a little boost, and then maybe potentially starting the second half like he has. I would assume he would. Well, he didn't start the second half of this game. No, he didn't actually. No, he didn't game yeah, four. Yeah, yeah right. so th- that's why I thought yeah, I, I thought they would go back to that. To st- I was wrong to start the right. game. I thought they would start him, start him on Fox because game back from his suspension there in game four, he started the second half, but not the first half, and he came off the bench to start both halves in that's this one. Uh, and shout outs to to him and Kerr for making it happen. And Jordan Poole in his place, I thought, even though the the numbers weren't great, doing championship type stuff to start that third quarter he created two turnovers he had two steals there and he was just playing d uh he, he six helpers uh overall zero so, turnovers yeah that's huge for jordan Poole. that's probably why he's staying in the starting lineup because there's 
much less responsibility for Poole, so he can just play more of a scoring, creating game rather than having everything on his shoulders when he's coming off the bench and leading. So, yeah, a really nice night for the Warriors. And then, I mean, the Kings got to be kicking themselves for the shooting. Uh, Eight for 12 from three in the first quarter. They finished the game with 10 threes. So two for 22 in quarters, two, three, and four. It was looking like uh, the finger splint was going to be the key for De'Aaron Fox. Hit his first three threes, I do believe. Finished three for ten, unfortunately, from behind the arc. And after the game, Mike Brown said it has to be impacting him. He's got a little thing at the very tip of his finger. So There was one turnover he had late. You know, credit to Wiggins, too, like putting the pressure on him. But that one felt like uh, he lost the ball because of the yep. lack of feeling or that little splint there. Six turnovers for Fox. Yeah, and, uh, and 0 for 6 in the fourth quarter there too so him going scoreless our clutch player of the year here not great timing but you're right they went ice cold from three they have to hit more than that spread out amongst the entirety of a game to try and get this back to Sacramento I think they're still kicking themselves from losing that game four if I'm being honest um that to me was like oh you could have taken that 3-1 commanding lead giving yourself three chances they kept coughing the ball up in transition and all of that but whatever that's in the past because the Warriors are just looking better and better here that's what's happening here Mm -hmm. looking a little bit more um, like the Warriors of of older or the championship Warriors but I guess you know it's not over probably not over but they're going to have to have a you know Malik Bunk look did some nice things obviously they almost had to like defer to him as the point guard because of Fox's finger I thought a little bit I thought he did all right, but they're going to need a, this. They just need a one of these games where those threes fall there in game six to, to try and give them a chance in game seven. Yeah, it's been a weird series because that's what they do rely on uh, for their incredible offense. But coming into this game, they were shooting 30% from three for the series, obviously way lower than what they usually shoot. And it was still 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. Uh, and they did it again tonight. Again, a bad shooting night from three. Basically match the the Warriors percentage. The Warriors hit one more three. Yeah, they haven't been shooting all that well either. That's no. the crazy part. Mm-hmm. But that terrifies me because it's yeah. Game Six Clay time. Right. <laughs> I mean, he looked great um, in this one. Uh, it, it just just a solid five, five threes, obviously. Um, but I think from the King side, you had one guy who was hot in the first quarter. Keegan Murray continues his uh, th- this new revelation of uh, starting to play well in Games Four and Games Five. But then they he didn't, didn't take a him. shot. No, he scored ten first quarter points in nine minutes and then the next 26 minutes he didn't shoot again which was really weird uh, he, he looked good <laughs> I mean he looks like his, the most comfortable shooter out there and I'm shocked I think that's it's got to be on the coaching staff and, and the, the the team to just let him cook a little bit um, he, he he looked good I think Fox yeah with the finger he did he played 42 minutes he tried his ass off obviously and he and he, I know he didn't shoot well but Along with Monk, he was the best guy out there. Um, and yeah, Sabonis chipped in, but I think Sabonis needs to step it up a little bit yeah, here yeah, in Game Six. He's him. been having okay games. Like he had 21 points on 15 shots last night, but only four assists. He's only averaging four assists for the series, and it's because of the way the Warriors are defending him. Every time he catches the ball, they're just standing oh, at the Looney rim. Oh, just drops. Yeah, the shots are there. Like if if Sabonis wanted to just take. 20, 15-footers, he could obviously do it, but that's not the way the Kings play. They want dribble handoffs. They want cuts off the post. But if there's if his defender's standing in the middle of the lane, those cuts aren't there, which also makes it a problem for a guy like Kevin Herter to get good looks, a guy like Keegan Murray to get good looks. It's completely taking the Kings out of what they want to do offensively. Sabonis' reluctance uh, to create from the elbow and just kind of inability to do it. Um, Looney's done an incredible job. Draymond has done a great job. Sabonis has not really made his imprint in this series. 
I mean, how many times did we see this year where he'd have like a 25-point game, 18 rebounds, and nine assists, something like that? He's been putting up numbers because he's getting the ball enough, but he could definitely force the issue a little bit, I yeah, think. Yeah, we always compare him to uh, to Jokic, right? He's like Jokic light. He's Diet Coke Jokic, whatever you want to call him. But I would love to see him have one of those Jokic games where it's like Jokic at times is like, all right, I got to shoot more. I got to be a little bit more aggressive. That's not their DNA. We get it. Like, they obviously are incredible playmakers at their position, but... Jokic will do that. I think Sabonis to save this season, to save this series, to get us back to Game Seven in Sacramento. I'm with you, Trey. I think he has to like really. He's got to force the action a, a little bit. bit. At least, at, at least give those little jumpers a go there. Mm-hmm. He's um, open <laughs> and, and shoot that free throw basically, and and just find out if you're hitting it that night. But try and force the action. Um, I think that's going to be they're going to have to because Fox has done obviously all he can, and now he's got the injury. I don't know. Like, does Fox have another, you know, thirty-eight point game in this series? I, I, I wouldn't think so. But yeah, Sponis has to do it. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a good point. It, and the, the Jokic comparison is good. Jokic has been a, a leader in playoff series before. This is Sabonis' really first time as being the, the sort of number one big and a big part of an offense. And yeah, he's got to get comfortable just shooting the shots that are available to him, mm-hmm. and they are leaving him open at the free throw line yep uh the other game last night john morant desmond bain and the grizzlies stave off elimination (laughs) they beat the lakers 116 to 99 (laughs) we don't say the word stave for like 10 months out of the year never i agree you don't see it you don't hear it you definitely don't say it (laughs) and then you get into april may and june and it's all about staving it's stave season (laughs) right john stavis season That was brutal. John Stamos? I don't know why. It doesn't make sense. Well, I was with you. John Stamos. (laughs) (laughs) But it's Stamos season, baby. Save us, Stamos. Well, why were you with me? Uh, There was a a recent headline that he almost got Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen fired immediately from Fold House. They, so they, they didn't st- get along. They staved off elimination they staved of the off Olsen John. twins. Yeah. He was going to get, like, babies fired? Yeah, they didn't get along. They hated those babies. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I thought immediately. They were... <laughs> they were, like, tiny. Were there four? Wow, in his defense, he wasn't a dad. He was only an uncle. It's like you... you know. He's like that guy that sent the tweet about uh, kids having bad vibes. <laughs> it's like, sorry, we gotta go. <laughs> Mary-Kate I like, but Ashley, uh-uh. Okay. Okay, well, Mary-Kate and Ashley staved off elimination from Full House. So did John Stamos. Anyway. Just use her as a stunt double. She can be, Mary-Kate can be Ashley, too. That's what he said. You should have heard what he had to say about (laughs) Comet. He hated that fucking dog. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's allergic. Early death. Comet, early death. (laughs) Um, How did that happen? Bean and John Morant. Playing well in the same game. That was a nice recipe for success here for the Grizzlies. Both having uh, monster nights there. And, uh, you know, this was a close game. One-point game. It was like three minutes to go or something in the third quarter. It was somewhat late. And then the Grizzlies just ripped off a 26-2 to run, which, like, bled its way into the fourth quarter. And it was uh, it was a wrap after that. And I think even the Lakers and LeBron realized as much. They're like, hey, let's get Wenyan Gabriel some run here. Uh, we'll see you back in LA for Game Six. But what do you what do you think here? Or were you shocked at all how this one went down? Uh, 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 your takeaways from this Game well, Five? It's fantastic that the Grizzlies got Bane going right now. Game Four and Game Five, the guy is feeling it. Uh, coming off a thirty-six point Game Four, they need him, and he was the difference in this one. I mean, thirty-three. 10 boards, five assists, four threes to get to that 33 points, along with Morant, who came back uh, from a poor game four. They need both of them, 
Um, as you said, it was it was fairly close, uh, and and the the LeBron James factor on the other side, uh, a poor night, five of seventeen, one of nine from three. They found a pretty good matchup in Xavier Tillman against him. I think he's he's just he's just solid. He's that monstrous body that can match him physically, especially because he isn't the same guy to leap over guys. Yeah, Where's, he's not attacking like really. Yeah. Definitely up, not man. attacking mismatches. Yeah, something's up. LeBron came back really fast from his foot injury, right? Remember yeah. they said he had a torn tendon in his foot, but he went and saw the LeBron James of feet, and suddenly he's back playing. But he absolutely, I don't think, looks right in this series. He's never getting downhill. That's no. why they're able to go with Xavier Tillman. They're like, if anything, he's going to try and take uh, a three-point jumper, and LeBron, the jumper is just not hitting right now. So far, he's six of thirty-six from three in this series, so they're able to guard him with a guy in Xavier Tillman who would have never been able to stay on the court no. with LeBron in the previous 19 seasons of his career. So, I don't know. It seemed to me that that's probably the biggest thing that happened for the Lakers last night is LeBron only having to play 36 minutes and pulling him early so he can get some rest for this next one because this is not the LeBron uh, we're used to. Even the game that he won for them in game four, like I said, it was old LeBron out there. He was going out and having to get 20 rebounds to contribute for his team and just had enough juice left uh, for the most important shots. But looked weird uh, last night. So, yeah, you get a great performance from Desmond Bain and Ja in the same game, I think was the key, yeah. like you're saying, Skeets, because Bain played well uh, in a game earlier this series. Ja played well earlier in a game this series. Put it both together, 30-10 and 10 for both of them. That's a nice recipe. Yeah, and I know you hear some Grizzlies fans. I know Chris Vernon, one of them. The longer this series goes, the more it maybe favors a Grizzlies team because of their youth compared to to really so. a LeBron-led team. Yeah, I, I don't think the Lakers are going to get better as the playoffs go on. I think that's totally fair to say. From series to series, game to game, a little less so because uh, we, we could see LeBron turn it on. But I, I think the athleticism, it's, it's a fair question. But also, there is Jaron Jackson Jr. behind him there, behind Xavier Tillman. And that's as LeBron's career has gone, gone on. He doesn't want to go up and face guys at the rim after facing a big body. Lots of coaches have tried big bodies before. Throw a Brandon Bass out there. Throw a Boris Dia. Throw a, a Gershon Yabusele out there. Uh, it doesn't work. Like, just a, a big, really big body. Xavier Tillman is working. He should be faster than him. I totally agree. But the, the combo... He's not right now. Uh, he's not. And, and yeah, I think, I think Triple J being there as well plays a factor. But five turnovers, obviously, really doesn't have to do with... Uh, either of those guys that's that's on Braun and yeah a shot 29% that 5 of 17 that's a lowest field goal percentage in a long time for that guy almost almost a decade so uh, yeah he's he's not right could be a spark uh, in game 6 I mean, game 6 Friday night I believe is that right I think it's every 2 two days here now later in the series Probably. yeah I'm pretty sure they play Friday night <laughs> don't tell Jimmy Butler I'm not really 100% sure uh, D'Angelo Russell though he scored uh, the first eight points of the third quarter. I thought we were going to get what exactly had happened in game four, where he suddenly like hit a bunch of threes and they were right back in the game. He did, made it a one-point game, but that's when uh, Memphis like just responded with that huge run. John Morant was awesome. Finished with back-to-back buckets at the end of the third, and then Bain sort of took over the start of the fourth. But yeah, rough, rough LeBron game. Started 1-7, didn't get any better, but the... the the silver lining is they didn't play 45 minutes. Yeah. And then he'll try and get his body right for Friday night uh, as they try and close out the series. But we'll and, Davis, and Davis looked good, and, and, and I think Barkley made a good uh, comment at halftime about Anthony Davis. They threw Dylan Brooks on him, so who's too, too tiny, and they sort of uh, influenced, encouraged Anthony Davis to be 
aggressive. <laughs> and I think that's a fair point. He started just shooting over Dylan Brooks, and that's why he ended with 31, his best offensive game. Is that a good sign? Is that a good sign for game six? They scored a lot? Because then you might not get a great game six uh, from Anthony Davis, or it's just maybe we get those that run that he had earlier this season where he was an MVP candidate for – uh, a while and look like one of the best players in the game. Well, I said heading into the series, to me it was like, okay, for the most part, AD is going to be a bit of a stud, statistically, defensively. LeBron's LeBron, though that was a brutal game and he looked quite old or quite banged up or whatever. Those guys are fine. It's going to be, who the hell is helping them out here four times in a seven-game series? And they've had contributions. Rui's been there, obviously. We had the D'Angelo Russell crazy little run there that sparked that win in game four. Reeves has had his moments, but not in this one. Like, Rui's sort of fallen back to earth a little bit. Reeves 4 of 13, you know, Russell 4 of 11 outside that little run, that eight-point run. It, they're, they're, to me, are just like, is this going to be the Schroeder game or the Rui game or the Reeves game or the Beasley game or whoever? It's that third guy, somebody helping out AD and LeBron. And it's probably more likely to happen at home than it is in a tough place to win in Memphis, but they're going to need some contributions there. Because they, like, Ham is convinced, like, he's got six guys. His starter's intruder, and then it's like sort of a bit of, I guess, Rui, for the most part, has been decent. It's been good. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, is it uh, Brown Jr.? Is it Beasley? Is it, you know, Lonnie Walker even got in there for a little bit last night. Forgot he was even on the team. Hadn't seen him for a little bit. But uh, we'll see. We got a bit of a series here. Memphis trying to give us a game seven. That would happen on the weekend. Another one to watch. Luke Kennard hit his, hurt oh, his shoulder, shoulder this in big. this one. Did he run into Anthony Davis? I think I is think what so, it was yeah. on a screen. That's a yikes because he's been playing really well. Yeah. He went on a huge run in the second quarter uh, when Kennard checked in for Dylan Brooks. Two shooters on the court in Jaw, or sorry, in, in Bain and Kennard. You got Jaron Jackson Jr., a decent stretch option yeah. as well. Gives a lot of driving lanes to John Morant, which I think was a huge part of the reason they went on that run in the second quarter. So if he's not able to go uh, <laughs> in this next game, Dylan Brooks. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a double bad-edged sword uh, for Memphis because you're losing the shooting and you're having to play Dylan Brooks more, and he looks pretty broken uh, right yeah. now. The the trash talk completely backfired mm-hmm. <laughs> in this case. Uh, so, yeah, get to work on the Theragun on Luke Kennard's shoulder. Yeah, I and say. I would add to that the Nard Dog can actually play in this series when you have LeBron not really being super aggressive and seeking out mismatches. Like, otherwise, I mean, older LeBron... If, if the Nard Dog's out there, you're putting them in every action every and time. scoring on them every time. But, yeah, they don't sort of have that right now, or that's not the level LeBron's at. So, yeah, they need them. They need the shooting. So I don't know how I don't know the severity of it. Uh, yeah, they'll be good to go on Friday night. We'll see. we got to take one more break. But when we come back, a very fun Tweet of the Night. Don't go anywhere. Selling a little? Yeah. Cha-ching. Or a lot? <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling savory sausages or offering ostentatious oddities, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States, and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash nodunks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash no dunks now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash no dunks. Been doing a bunch of retirement planning stuff lately. So I've had documents flying in and out the mailbox. A lot of signatures, both analog and digital. A lot of phone calls, a lot of stamps. Got to get my long-term future straight. Yeah. Let me tell you, Skeets. The things we build our future around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Watch your assets. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash nodunks for 10% off plus free document shipping. Trust and Will's website is simple to use and the process is straightforward. In no time, you'll have peace of mind that your assets and wishes are secure with easy access and control of your estate planning. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs, whether it be care wishes, nomination guardians, final arrangements, or power of attorney. It's easy to ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or the state deciding what happens to your assets. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with trust and will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash nodunks. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash nodunks. All right, back here with nodunks. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. There were a lot of fire tweets last night. In fact, I was changing my tweet at night every three minutes. I was like, that's good. I'll go with that one. Oh, that's even better. I'll go with that one. Okay. Oh, what about that one? Mm. In the end, I got tired and settled on this. But it's a good one. <laughs> From Alex, at Steven underscore LeBron. He tweeted, now that we have the Heat Knicks series, the Heat and Knicks should be allowed to add one player from the 90s to their roster for round two. Let me see what Charlie Ward and Vashawn Leonard are up to. <laughs> Great nostalgia tweet there from our guy, Alex, the author of Cover Story. Highly recommend it. He's got a new book coming out about our Raptors. Prehistoric, I believe it's going to be called. Mm-hmm. Coming soon to a bookshelf near you. Um, I got a PDF version. So did I. So did I. Yeah. Have you dipped in yet? No. You're going to print it? I can't read a PDF on my computer. I'm not printing that. No. I know you, you don't want to. I don't want to, and I will not. <laughs> so uh, you you I have got a, a Kindle? Do you have a Kindle? I have a phone. Okay. I got eyes. I know. I, I understand. You don't want to read that many That's, pages. No, I, I can't. I'm blind. <laughs> don't you look at a computer all the time? Exactly. I don't want to. The time I want to read an actual book, I'm printing. I'm going to go to a Kinko's mm. <laughs> print. It's called prehistoric. You can't read that on a computer. <laughs> I got to read it on, like an actual tablet. <laughs> yeah, I got to yeah. get carved chiseled. into yeah. it. Yeah. 
chisel into it. Anyway, what a tweet, eh? What a tweet, eh? Wait, <laughs> Who are your favorite eh? 90s Knicks or Heat players that you'd like to see added? Kurt Thomas. Great one. Mm. Gets to play for both teams. <sighs> That's fair. That's the ultimate fair move here. It's the ultimate fair move. Home team gets all-time Kurt, Kurt Thomas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the all-time screener. <laughs> yeah, you need me at the top of the key. Screen. Sure. Yeah. sure, sure, sure. Anyone else you'd like to see from the 90s? Mm, I want to make sure that there's good shooting in this one. So I want Allen Houston. Okay. Uh, let's, smart, let's, smart, let's smart. Let's get Yeah, totally. I'm Vashon Leonard, I guess. Good I am Vashon. It's just great to see Vashon written uh, again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's nice. Really good. A V name. <laughs> don't get enough of those. Don't get enough Mitchells. Uh, don't get Charlie enough Ward. V names. And Charlie Ward. Yeah, I heard Jeff Van Gundy mention him on a broadcast recently as well. Because this series could happen. So, yeah, I've been thinking about Charlie. Are we going to have a Van Gundy on every game of this series? Obviously, Should. Jeff yeah, Van Gundy, yeah. Knicks head coach. Stan Van Gundy, Heat head coach. Not from the 90s, but, you know. Let them coach against each other. <laughs> Let them coach these teams. Why not? Broadcast when they're not. Bring back Tim Hardaway and Tim Hardaway Jr. as well. They uh, never played against each other in this series, but they both played yeah. for a Heat and a Nick. Did see yeah. a funny they response. should be on the bench, too. I mean, Jeff on the Knicks bench and yeah. stand on the Heat bench. Yeah. Uh, funny response or funny reply to uh, uh, at Stephen underscore LeBron's tweet from Hollinger. He said, how about Haslam? <laughs> <laughs> John Hollinger has jokes. That guy has so many damn jokes. John jokes. He really does. He's got a Twitter joke for everything. He's got and little, they're all he's got pretty lines. good. Yeah, good puns, good lines. <laughs> but man, you are logged on, John Hollinger. Not good enough you, to be tweet in, tweet of the night, though. I can't make that the tweet of the night. The, this is the inspiration. This is no, the, I know, I know, but he, <laughs> but he has so many tweets. Oh, he's, I don't had, think he's, he's, ever... wanted, he's wanted a tweet of the night. Yeah, nope. come on. Nope, he hasn't. <laughs> John? <laughs> all right, I'm going to no, look, look at his recent tweets. All the Johns tweets. we know at some point have had a tweet of the night. Schumann, Hollinger. Why is his... Jenkins. Twitter avatar and his Twitter <laughs> header are the exact same thing. It's like you get double John. I think he's uh, showing that, yeah, I used to be legit verified. Legacy verified. Oh, that was part of his header. <laughs> Got it. Dear John. Um, okay. Life goes on. Good stuff. Tonight's game, only one of them. Celtics Hawks. Kaka! Game six. Who's going down to the fortress? Show of hands. Show of hands. Nobody's going because you know why? The NFL draft is on tonight, gentlemen. <laughs> the Athletic Football Show is covering the NFL draft from Kansas City on their YouTube channel. Um, so you can check that out. The Athletic Football Show, they do an incredible job uh, covering the NFL and uh, I, I would need the help here when it comes to the draft. I think Bryce Young is a lock to go number one to the Panthers. <laughs> and then it's up in the air. And then what do you do? You take a big guy that blocks, you take the guy that throws. You don't take a running back. I know that. You do not draft a running back anymore. You idiots. Uh, I, saw, I, saw, I saw on theathletic.com uh, that the Atlanta Falcons are mocked to uh, take a running back. No! Don't! They're I don't done. know. I don't know. They've been oh. taking They've been taking QBs. They've been taking TEs. They need some they've defense, man. WRs. They need some defense. Go get me a cornerback. That's right. That's right. Ash, who are they going to draft? I'm sure you're a fake Falcons fan. Oh, Jesus. Ah, shots fired. Uh, the shots I do not appreciate. Mike. Well, but, uh, you're wearing a Hawks zip up with a Celtics shirt underneath. Come on, <laughs> Not today. Not today. I got to rip the Hawks. But I don't know anything about football at all. I thought you were a Falcons fan. No, I'm not a football uh, fan whatsoever. Okay. No okay, idea. Uh, Same. But Celtic Talks, any any feel on this one? <laughs> do you think we go a Game 7, baby? Or do you think uh, 
Celtics take care of business. I, I, I have zero Flip feel. A coin. It does. Yeah, zero feel. Zero feel. I think the Celtics will bounce back, but they also were up late in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're they're good enough to bounce back. That's so I would pick them. Unfortunately, TK. It'll be interesting to see if the Boston Celtics decide they want to play defense in this game. They've given up 130, 121, and 119 uh, in Game 5. That has coincided with Trey Young uh, finding his way in this series, basically putting up 30 and 10 every single night. We had a bad Marcus Smart game in Game 5. It made some bonehead mistakes uh, down at the end of the game. So that's a guy I'll be watching tonight because I imagine he's going to want to... Make it back to his team. So, should be a tough one for Trey Young. They're going to get DeJounte Murray back. We got a home court advantage here in Atlanta. Should be lit down at the Fortress, but none of us will be there. <laughs> so, <laughs> I maybe the Hawks go. have a chance. I mean, like I said, yeah. I, just, I just have to avoid this for the Hawks' chances of, us, of giving us Game 7 because I've seen them lose twice in person. And I know if I were to go down there tonight, and our guy Jared, he already texted me. He's like, hey, you want to go? I said, no, I can't. If I go, they'll lose by 25 tonight. I'm 100% convinced by that. So I'll stay away, and maybe we get a game. We've got five of these eight first-round series that are already wrapped up in five games or less. And it almost feels in a weird way like the Hawks, inexplicably, are our best chance at a game seven. Grizzlies, I guess, could. They could beat the Lakers. Ugh, Kings, I don't feel as strong about going into Golden State Tough. and knocking off the defending champs that are at least giving us game seven. So, man, yeah, come on, Atlanta. Get Zaza out there. Give them a mic after the game, and uh, hopefully we get a game seven on the weekend. They gotta at least have that as like part of the pregame package, right? Like they'll play that Zaza clip. I have to imagine standing room so. only tickets right now, fifty nine dollars each. That's fantastic. But holy well, crap! Means it, hey, means, it's, hey. uh, means it's a big game. Yeah, it is. And it's higher than normal. You yep. know what's happened though? I think us talking about the standing room only tickets like over the last couple of years yeah. and how it's the best deal in the world gets you in there. Yeah. It's not bad like your viewing experience. It, the cat's out of the bag. There's mm. too many people now. Mm. Standing room only, right? You saw it the it other was night. Packed. It's yeah, it was, packed, it was packed. man. Like you, you can maybe get away with it because you're taller, so you can be a couple rows back. But even then, it, you got like a tiny window very small. between the top of the like the the ceiling there, and then where you can see down. So mm-hmm. I'm just saying, man. If you go SRO, you got to get there early. Plant your flag. Bring a catheter. Wear a catheter. Don't bring it. <laughs> You're going to want to reinstall your catheter. Yes. <laughs> well, you have to take it off at security and put it through the x-ray machine. Then you put it back on. Uh, SRO tickets for the Kings are apparently $190 according what? to the chat. According to Philip A. in the chat. But but you know what's yeah, funny I'm, about I'm these Hawks that. tickets? Like, they call, they're standing room only. I get it. But I feel like other arenas have actual SRO areas. That's oh, yeah. a little bit newer, more. Newer arenas. This mm-hmm. is just like. This is the concourse, and we're like, hey, you can come up here and <laughs> hang in the concourse, stand yeah. behind a rope, <laughs> yeah. and they sort did, of see. They did the reno to sort of open, yeah, they open it, it yeah, up, but you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. The the destinations you go hang out at a right. spot. Right. 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 Now it is nice. You're usually right by the bar. Pisser's right there. Yeah, Bob's your uncle, but uh, you just got to get there early because I, I couldn't believe it when I was there in game uh, four, and I had seats luckily, but holy, it was like six people deep. For the SR all around the lower bowl. It's great to stand. You like it? It feels like you're working out almost. Mm. Mm. (laughs) You don't feel as much of a... I just feel feel free. Yeah. Yeah. Bounce around. More high fives. I think uh, the high five percentage is higher 
in yeah, the SRO yeah, I'd areas. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, there's a lot of camaraderie there, a lot happening. Yeah, because like when you're in your seat, you need like sure you can turn around, give some high fives, but you also need the people ahead of you to turn around and give you high fives, right? You don't you feel a little weird? Hey man, tapping on somebody, turn around, give me a high five. Hmm. But but hold on a second. You're saying you don't got to coordinate that when you're doing a standing room only? Or I just, just think, think it's, it's more. It's we're in a mosh Everybody's pit. hands are out. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Already. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Not occupied. Yeah. Less phone use. You're standing already. It's weird to high five sitting down. Like you want to stand if your team does something uh, well. Yeah yeah, yeah yeah. But you're but come on. Like I mean something exciting happens. Yeah. You're standing anyways. Standing. Yay! You're not sitting down <laughs> and high-fiving. I agree. The excitement brings well, you Well, we're just your saying team. you're already in the standing position in the You're SRO. already prepped to high-five. I guess that's true. I think all the people sitting are watching the athletics coverage of the NFL draft. That's possible. Nice possible. I think that's a decent combo. Though, actually. hold on. A counter is, if I'm in SRO, I'm holding my beer. One hand out of hand fi- high-fiving commission. <laughs> If I'm sitting, I got my little got cup holder. Yeah. So now I'm. You could go two hands, but I mean that. I will say that does rarely happen. <laughs> the, the stereo high five. It's pretty cool. Yeah, the entire awesome, yeah. row do it. Like big dunk, and everybody just stood up and went boom, and it was like. <laughs> that would be better than the wave. Yeah, they call that the pulse. Like it just goes. That's cool. Uh, all right, guys. Enjoy that Celtics-Hawks game tonight. Enjoy the NFL draft if you're into that, you sickos. If you are, make sure you go over to the Athletic Football Show and uh, follow their coverage on their YouTube channel. If you're a No Buff Survivor fan, yeah, 12.30 p.m. Eastern. We are hopefully going to get this one started uh, a little earlier than normal, so come check that out. Otherwise, back tomorrow with the Drop Podcast, we will preview and predict two of the series that we know and uh, I guess possibly one more. If the Celtics take care of business tonight, I don't know if Could we want to slip Celtics, that in. Sixer, uh, Sixers, Sixers uh, into tomorrow's show. Ooh, it's going to be a an action-packed drop podcast. So we'll see you live at 10 a.m. Eastern. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, folks. And remember, we won't be at the game tonight. <laughs> Should we do playback? <laughs> oh, I got no for that. That'll never oh, yeah. work. Oh, we, yeah. just, no. we just tried to, to do a simultaneous. Okay. Oh, see but you on playback. Know? Let's go. But how do you know who Stand goes up. first? There you go. The pulse will never work. Embrace the people. <laughs> you gotta believe in the pulse. Hey, baseball fans, this is Derek Van Riper. Now that spring training games are underway, opening day is just a few weeks away. Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on Rates and Barrels. Whether you're a seasoned fantasy player, a baseball stats junkie, or just someone who wants to learn more about the game, join us for four episodes each week this season, including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May. Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel, or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.